0: have your Bibles I'd like you to look with me this evening at a text in Mark Mark chapter 14 while you're turning there um, I forgot to mention that if there are any people that are in the the medical realm uh, and you'd be interested in going on any of these medical mission trips uh, you are more than welcome please uh, let us know of your interest and just give us your email and we'll make sure you get on a, a mailing list that GFA will be putting out soon We are uh, really uh, thankful to be with GFA. I'd like to mention that as well, Uh, Gospel Fellowship Association. We appreciate so much Dr. Pretori and his years of ministry, and we're really excited about the Crockers and how the Lord has raised uh, them up to be the new director of GFA. And we really do appreciate so much uh, GFA, uh, the advice that they give us, the counsel. It really is a blessing on, on the field. Mark chapter 14 And this is a text that you'll find also in Matthew and in John. Uh, Luke uh, chapter 7 is a little bit different. It's a different place and time and people and motives and reactions. And even Jesus' response was different. But this is the text that talks about Mary of Bethany anointing Jesus. We just sang about uh, my Jesus, I love thee. Uh, I know thou art mine. Uh, For thee all the follies of sin I resign. And this text is really a text that will help us tonight to talk about and to look at this idea of devotion, devotion to Christ, and how it's actually seen. You know, we can actually say that. We can say, my Jesus, I love thee. But how is it demonstrated? How do we really show that? And this text is an excellent text to help us to look at what uh, the kind of devotion that God honors Let me read the text. We'll begin in verse 3. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And so even here in Rock Hill this evening, we're speaking about what this woman has done in memorial to her. And I'm sure in Africa, in Asia, wherever you go in the world today, there are different preachers that are preaching on this text, and it's in a memorial for her. And so I want us to look this evening At exactly what was it that was honored by our Lord why was she so honored by by the Lord and what is this heart of a devotion to Christ what does it really look like what does a a devotion that God honors look like I think the first thing we'll notice is that it's a courageous it's a fearless devotion it says a woman came to him why did she even come to Jesus there were practical reasons not to do this. Um, what she gave was obviously something very costly, and it's not very practical. Um, she could have decided to keep that for a future. Um, times were difficult, and maybe she thought, you know, I, I really should save this for future. Um, problems might come up, difficulties, persecutions, who knows? I, I really should save this. There are also family reasons as to why she shouldn't have done that. Uh, Lazarus was there and uh, her brother. And maybe he'll wonder, well, why why didn't, uh, why didn't she use that at my burial? Uh, you, know, you remember he had died and, and the Lord raised him up. But uh, there could be reasons like that. And, of course, Martha's there too. By the way, this is the, the Mary of Bethany, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus uh, that we see uh, from other texts that show us it was this Mary that was there, this Mary that spent time with the Lord three times we see her at uh, the feet of Jesus and this is one of the times but here is is Mary and Martha's there and you know Martha's very quick to give criticism and and this isn't very practical time here Um, Martha may may be thinking and she might be thinking oh Martha she's just going to think I'm just too extravagant here with this and Uh, there's peer pressure also there there are other reasons to fear uh, for her to fear to even give this Uh, the disciples are rebuking her and the idea here is it's given in uh, the imperfect tense and it's like they were repeatedly doing this it wasn't just one time but there was a repeated sense in which you know stop doing that stop this why why are you wasting uh, this uh, this perfume and it was actually Judas Iscariot was the first one to, to say this. This is uh, shown in John 12. Uh, it says this, Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, uh, one of his disciples, who, he who was to, about to betray him said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to it. And, and so we see uh, Judas was the first one, but then the other disciples went in and they said that. And so all these things are there. And, and I'm sure she was perhaps embarrassed or she was fearful as a result of all those things. And, and even them saying, you know, why was it wasted like that? They, they were despising her action. It really was impractical. I mean, everything is wasted in just a few minutes. So this was over a pound of, of, of this that was, it was mentioned here. And everything's wasted in a few minutes. It's, there's nothing left over, afterwards. And she can never use this, this perfume to ever give it to anyone again. And you know, um, as Jesus mentioned here, wherever in the whole world that this uh, gospel is preached, uh, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. It's almost as though I believe he's He's, he's having in mind the gospel being preached in all the world, and I wonder if there's a particular um, application or um, application that can be made, particularly to those who have given themselves for the gospel. Um, why was it wasted like that? You know, there's a number of people that have, have come to me before, and they said, you know, Walter, you would do a lot better to be here in the States, or Walter, you know... The, People calculate and they say, you know, Carol, she could be making money here in the States. She could be doing this and this and this. And, and people like to calculate and people like to think, you know, what could you do with this and that? And um, I, I think that we need to, to realize that there will always be people that will question what we do. And even though they're irritated at her, they're continually saying this, we see that she had this courage to do it anyway. She gave of herself. She gave us something that was precious to her, and she was willing to give that and give it freely to the Lord. So it was really, it was, a, it was a, a courageous devotion. It was extravagant, yes, but it was something courageous. She gave the best that she had at this point. And that brings us to the second point. It was a, a sacrificial devotion, too. Um, it was an alabaster vase. It contained a perfume of great price. The price here was mentioned 300 denarii. You may remember that a denarii was a day's wage. So you're talking about 300 days of wages that was here. Uh, imagine uh, your, your wife going out and buying something with 300 days wages and then uh, just giving it away like that. This was quite, um, quite a great price, quite a great sacrifice. It was sacrificial. If you remember, the Good, the Good Samaritan gave two denarii to the innkeeper. And that two denarii would have taken care of this man in this inn and fed him. Um, the disciples estimated 200 denarii was enough to feed 5,000 men. So this was, this was 300 denarii, and they're estimating that. It's very expensive. It was an extravagant gift that she had given. You know, if you bought a pearl or a diamond, you would have that always. But this was a gift that was given and completely given at one time. Quantity. The, uh, the text says a pound. Uh, the, the whole house where they were was, was filled with a perfume. And it went down even to his feet where she wiped it with her hair. She probably had it in a vase that was a long spout. And you had to break that spout in order to pour all of it out. It was designed just to give maybe a drop or two. But here she gave it all to the Lord. she did this for him. This was a gift that only he could have. And so we we need to ask ourselves, what about our devotion? Does it have a price? Do we put a price tag on what we should give or what we should do for the Lord? Um, Often we think of our children and we think of them being such a precious gift that the Lord's given us. And I wonder if at times children are are not inclined to to consider the mission field because their parents really haven't encouraged that. And I wonder if our parents, uh, we as parents, don't encourage that because we really think, well, you know, wow, I I, I really count my child so precious to me. I I don't want to see them gone for three years or four years or um, even now the mission field is so much shorter. Uh, You know, I can... I can get on my phone this evening and be on a flight to India tomorrow, and uh, it's so much easier to cross the ocean than it used to be, and so, um, but, but even there, uh, I'm, I'm sure we as parents, we think about our children, we think, oh, give them to the mission field, give them to go to the Lord uh, to, to serve Him. Uh, it's a sacrificial devotion that she had, and the Lord really uh, was pleased with that devotion. And it mentions here it was, a, it was a good devotion. It was a beautiful devotion is how the, the ESV puts it. Beautiful. She has done a beautiful thing for me is how the ESV puts it. The, the King James says good and was a good thing. Good as opposed to uh, in, the, in the times that we see this word good used, it's often used like good fruit and bad fruit. <clears throat> he was a good shepherd as opposed to the bad shepherds that were there. And so it's an it's a indication of quality. It was, it was a good thing that she had done. He, he, he looked at it. He valued what she had done. And she said, you know, it's a good thing that she's done. It's a beautiful thing that she's done. This word is also used to describe something that's excellent. It's, it surpasses what others uh, have and have done. It's used of the, the fine pearl of the merchant that went out to search fine pearls. It's used in that sense, too, of, of something excellent. And so... Uh, what uh, Jesus, in, in, in praising her, he's doing is he's saying that by my estimation, what she has done is is valuable. It's an excellent thing. It's a beautiful thing that she's done. And really, he had already encouraged this with Martha before, with Mary before. If you remember, uh, Martha came and, and was complaining, uh, Mary's at Jesus' feet, and, and and there's a lot of things that need to be done. And Jesus told Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. And we see this continuing on in her life. It wasn't just a one time devotion, but it was a full, sacrificial, full hearted uh, devotion to, to our Lord. You know, what a contrast we have here with. With Judas, <clears throat> I didn't read the rest of the text, but if you read in verse 10, it says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him, to him. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money so that he might uh, conveniently betray him. You know, what a contrast here. I'm sure at this point when, when Judas is seeing this, this very costly um, Perfume just wasted is how he put it. Uh, and, he's, and he's seeing that Jesus said this, that she anointed my body for burial. I'm sure he's thinking, you know, uh, this is over. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get anything more out of this. Uh, uh, I've been, been taking a lot of money from the, from the treasury and, you know, I'm, I'm out of here is I believe what he's, what he's thinking in his mind. And so he, he's thinking, okay, well, what can I do to try to get some money out of this? Oh, yeah, the chief priests, they're looking for somebody to try and help betray him. So that's what he does. What a contrast we have here. A hypocritical lover of self. He knew how to value the nard that was here, this, this precious perfume. But he was unable to appreciate the love and devotion that came from this woman's heart. But our Lord saw that. He saw what she had done. And it truly was a loving devotion. It was a sacrificial, but it was truly a loving devotion. You know, the amount um, that she lost, I guess you would say, indicates how much she loved. Um, but it wasn't lost. It was accepted by our Lord. Uh, there's no better way to spend your, what you have than to do it for the Lord. Um, Carol and I were in Togo, and uh, we had the privilege of working in a a hospital and there were a number of doctors there these were surgeons and they were giving the best moments in their life the the prime of their lives they were giving uh, for the gospel's sake we saw nurses and even I saw a doctor there and she had just given blood for the uh, um, for the uh, not the maternity ward but for the children's ward there was a need that was there and they're exhausted and they're giving of themselves and it was just such a testimony to me here's a, a surgeon who could be doing lots of things here and I'm not saying that that God calls every surgeon to 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 Africa but to me they were giving the best that they had and the Lord saw that and was was pleased with that and so that I think that that helped her that enabled her to not be fearful to do this for him 1st John 4:18 says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear fear has to do with punishment and whatever fears has not been perfected in love but there's no fear in love here she had this devotion and fear was put aside she knew she wanted to give this for the Lord and give it wholly to him and that cast away all fear and you know that that can be the same for us as well Maybe you're in an office situation and you're less inclined to really uh, speak out for the Lord. You're maybe fearful of what men might say or what other uh, um, your coworkers might think. Well, where's your love for the Lord? How does that play into this fear? Perhaps if your, your love for the Lord were greater, there would be less fear. And I think that's the idea that we have here in this text. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are... Are fearful and they won't give of themselves because of that um, but here's a love that he, that uh, martha had for the lord that that enabled her to do this beautiful thing to do this loving thing for our lord when paul was reminding timothy about not being fearful do you remember what he said too he said, for this reason I remind you to, to fan the flame of God, stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your love for the Lord, your love for your mankind will enable you to, to put aside the fears that are there. Love will always conquer the fears that are there. We were in a meeting with other missionaries uh, recently and um, there was a time of prayer, and one young lady um, came forward, and not came forward, but it was in the group. They were sharing different prayer requests, and she was saying, you know, I, I, um, I'm not been as consistent with my devotions. You know, pray for me uh, about that. And um, I was surprised. Another missionary lady spoke up, and she basically said, said this, um, you know, you're, you're not consistent. It, it's probably because you need to love Jesus more. I thought wow that's pretty strong um she went on to say yeah let's let's pray that you grow in your love for christ and you know at first i thought you know that's kind of a little harsh that's going to make her feel really uncomfortable but i got to thinking about it you know that really is the case um it was her her devotion to the lord uh, that would bring her into his word and bring her into prayer and that really was the key and so maybe if you're thinking, you know, I've not been as consistent in my devotions, I've not been as consistent in, in, in time of prayer, it may be related simply back to your devotion to Christ. And you know, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, the, our Lord, when he spoke in the, the book of Revelation to the Ephesians, he said that you've left your first love. And in, in the last days, there will be many that will be doing the same thing. There will be the sense of, of putting aside of what's really important. And here is a tremendous example to us to enable us to consider again our devotion, our devotion to the Lord. It was a loving devotion. It was a timely and welcome devotion as well. It was just before he's going to be uh, going to the cross. And he said this was to anoint me for my burial. And it was a very timely time. It was perfect timing. Um, Here, the disciples were saying this is a waste and you can almost imagine our lord thinking about his disciples and looking at them as they say this is a waste this is him this is their savior and their lord was this a waste imagine how our lord thought of his disciples saying that what she had just given this pricely gift was a waste on him but it's never a waste when we give for our lord he sees that and he knows that he knows every work that we've done in his name he's not going to forget it and this is an example of how the lord doesn't forget when we give for him we talked about a, a loving devotion you know in fear you think of peter and his example what caused him to be so fearful in front of um, the, the servant girl even as he denied our lord three times and they heard the cock crow and then we see how our lord restored him and what did he say to Peter uh, as, he, as he restored him you know, do you love me uh, well feed my sheep uh, here's something you can do do you love me it was a sense of, of devotion that he was looking for again in the heart of Peter and lastly it was, a, it was a sincere devotion look at verse 8 it says she has done what she could she's done what she could and that's encouraging. That's encouraging to know that our Lord saw that what she had, and he says, you know, she's done what she could. And you know, for you that are there, the Lord looks at you and says, you know, I've seen what you've done. I've seen you've done what you could. We were talking with a, a missionary um, at, a, at a conference again, and this missionary was, was relating to us how um, she felt like an um, an unworthy missionary. She felt like a, a missionary that wasn't really, um, I guess you would say, let me look at the word that she used here. She, she felt like a, a missionary that, that wasn't a successful missionary because her, her sons, she had two sons in particular, had, had gone off and they weren't serving the Lord. And they while they were there uh, in their house, they, they had all appearances of knowing the Lord. They were baptized. They had come to Christ. But as they grew older, they, they, they had gone away from the Lord. And she's really praying for them and encouraged us to pray for them as well. But she felt, you know, I felt like an, like, a, like a, a missionary that wasn't really a missionary because my children have, have gone off. But um, her, her guilt was there, but it was unfounded because she had done everything that she could and she mentioned to us how this particular verse had been a real encouragement to her. She had done what she could. She knew, as she looked back in her life, she had done everything that she had could, that she could have. She had prayed for them, she had raised them, she had discipled them, she had uh, lived the life in front of them. She did what she could, and our Lord saw that, and that was a real discouragement to her. You know, Eric Little said, in the dust of defeat... As well as in the laurels of victory, there is glory to be found if one has done his best. You know, if we've done what's best, there's glory in that as well. And we need to remember that our Lord sees that. He says she had done what she could. And he knows when we've done what we could. Well, wherever the gospel has been proclaimed in the world, what's been done has been told in memory of her. It's this devotion that she had to the Lord, it was it was a courageous, fearless devotion. It was a warm, affectionate devotion in contrast to this cold, indifferent devotion from, from uh, Judas. It was a sincere. It wasn't hypocritical. It was sacrificial. It wasn't a calculated devotion. It wasn't something where you get your calculator out and you decide, okay, am I going to do this or not? It was, a, it was a devotion that was a welcome devotion uh, as opposed to a devotion that never comes you know, our Lord is worthy of our devotion. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. He's worthy of all that we can give for him. And as we look back at our ministry 18 years in Cameroon and now four years in France, he's worthy of everything that we, we've given for him. And it's, uh, we, we look back and he's been so faithful. He's promised to be with us and he has been with us. And I want to encourage any, anyone here that's considering the mission field, there's no greater thing that you can do if that's what God wants you to do. If, if you go to the field and it's not what God wants you to do, that's the worst place to be. But uh, if God wants you to do that, there's no greater thing that you can do. And he sees that. He sees what you've given for him. Worthy is the Lamb. Samuel Zwemer was a missionary to the Muslims in, uh, in the Around 1892 is when he first went, and he went to Bahrain. And he said this, Christ is a conqueror whose victories have always been won through, uh, through humiliation and suffering and loss. And for, them, for him, this wasn't just a theory. This was something that was real. He was called the apostle to, to Islam. He served many years in Bahrain, and after he served the Lord by encouraging others to go to the mission field. But through loss and suffering, that wasn't just theory. Um, When they were there for only six years, um, he had two daughters to die from dysentery—a little uh, three-year-old Ruth and seven-year-old Amy—within one week of each other. And it was his wife who wrote on their uh, the epitaph for their gravestone, and she wrote this: "Worthy is the lamb to receive riches." I've always wondered. In that text, worthy as a lamb to receive wisdom and power and honor and glory and riches. Riches can be more than just monetary. It's what we hold most precious. And I think this is a a wonderful text to enable us to just think and meditate this evening. on What is precious to us? And uh, are we devoted to our Lord as as Mary was? She's given as an example to each of us. And, uh, you know, I feel... Um, I I don't feel like I'm an example for you as far as uh, what we see here as as Mary, but uh, I feel that we need to follow her example, and may the Lord enable me, too, to be more and more sacrificial and loving and courageous in my devotion for our Lord. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word and the encouragement that we see from this example of Mary, and whether there's a uh, man, woman, or child, uh, Lord, help us all to, uh, to have this kind of devotion that puts you first and that seeks to love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Enable each of us to, to go further in our devotion for you, uh, to go further in our fearlessness, to, to give of ourselves for you, and to bring the gospel to others. Forgive us, Lord, for cowering in fear. Help us to to love you more and to serve you more. And uh, thank you again for for this evening. Thank you so much for this uh, church and their desire to serve you, continue to enable them each to grow in you. Thank you for those that will be baptized tonight. Enable them, Lord, to serve you and to continue to to love you and demonstrate that love toward others as well and continue to bless in this ministry here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.